So as we get started, I want you to be thinking right now, big. I want you to think important. In your mind, think of the most important events, a few of them that has happened in your life. Some of the most important people that have been in your life. And some of the most important words you've had in your life. Should come pretty easy, right? Because it's important to you. Important people, important words, and important events in your life. I'm asking you that because I want you to think big. Because this morning, God has a big important word for us. This morning is a special day. This morning we're going to talk about the most important person that ever walked this face of the earth, Jesus Christ. We're going to talk about the most important words we could ever hear, including I am the resurrection and the life. And we're going to remind ourselves of the most important event that ever happened in the history, the resurrection and what was associated with it. So be thinking big, get your hearts right and your minds right as we get into this this morning. And we're actually, we're not going to waste much time this morning, we have a lot to cover So I want you to turn, make sure you have John 19 ready, and it's going to be the approach we're going to take so we can follow this is we're going to talk about why. I am the resurrection and life. Why did Jesus say that when he said it? What does he want them to see in the situation around it and in the statement itself? Why is he saying it? Then we're going to talk about what does it mean? What does I am the resurrection and life even mean? Then we're going to talk about how we apply it. How does that apply to us? And what do we do about it? That's the approach we're going to take this morning as we get into God's Word. And you're going to see right off the bat when we start, I'll kind of walk through the scene together as we go to, to piece the story together, piece the example together. But you're going to see that what Jesus wants them to see and us to see, He makes it so clear. He says it to them. He just He just gets right to it which is what we're going to do this morning. We're just going to speak truth. We're going to make it clear. We're going to get right to it, just like Jesus did right here. That's what we're going to do, okay? So I'm going to use John chapter 11 and point out four to five specific conversations Jesus has and exactly what he says to them. And it's going to become real clear what he wants them and us to see from this, okay? I'm going to start in John 11, chapter chapter 11, verse 4. And what's happening right before this is Martha and Mary, sisters from the village of Bethany, they have a brother Lazarus who's become ill. Well, they send this messenger to Jesus to let him know, Lazarus, the one you love, he's ill. So this messenger comes and tells Jesus this, and this is Jesus' reply to it, okay? He says, but when Jesus, God's word says, but when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God. Get that. It's for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So right there, first conversation, what's he talking about? Glory. Glory to God. Glory, so that the Son of God can be glorified through it. That's what this situation is about. Okay? We, he, wants to see, he wants us to see the situation, believe in Him, and for God to have all the glory through it. And we're going to see that as we go right here. So he mentions glory. Well then... What happens next is Jesus waits. He don't go right away. He gets this news. He don't go right. He waits two days. He waits with his disciples. And then he knows when the time has come. He knows when the hour has come. If you kind of read along there while I'm talking, you'll see it. He, he sees when the time's right for him to go to this, to this village. So he tells his disciples, let's go. Well, they are at first like, you are crazy. Last time you was in Judea, they wanted to stone you. So why are we going back there? Well, Jesus tells him, he says, our, our friend Lazarus is ill. He's fell asleep. 
Well, they don't get that clear. You know, he has to make it very plain for them of why they're going back. And you'll see in verse 14, he, 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 when he says that he's falling, he's falling asleep, he has to make it even more clear for them. So then Jesus told them plainly, and this is him speaking to his disciples, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I'm glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So what's he talking about right there? Belief. This situation, even though it's hard, even though it's not what they wanted, he wanted this situation to happen so they would believe more through it. Believe he is who he says he is. He does what he says he does. So Thomas called the twin. And I noticed there, if you see right there in your body, it says Thomas called the twin. When I read that, I actually smiled because I think sometimes Thomas's twin is me. Because it's doubting Thomas, and so much times I'm doubting and I'm confused. So I actually smiled when I read, like, hey, I might, I might be the twin of Thomas. But Thomas, that, that same Thomas, he's the one, he says, let's go. Let's go that we may die with him. So they go. Jesus and disciples, they go to this village. They're going to where Lazarus is at. And as they come close to the village of Bethany, um, Jesus learns that Lazarus has died, um, which was obviously probably not news to Jesus, but he learned that he had died. Well, when they get there, Martha is rushed, goes to him. He's not even all the way there yet, and Marcia goes to him. This is a big, big moment for her, much emotion, very important event in her life, something she did not want to happen, kind of like we were thinking of at the beginning, important events. Well, she goes out to him, and her words to him are, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. If you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. She knew what Jesus could do. She had, Mary had, Martha had a faith. So she goes out, and she says that to Jesus. Jesus tells her, he says, your brother will rise. Martha, your brother will rise. And that gets us to another conversation. And here it is. This is the big statement in chapter 11, verse 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Again, believe. She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe. And I'm going to stop right there. She believed. So what do we see in these conversations? Just crystal clear. Glory of God to the, to the messenger. Believe to the disciples. To Martha. Believe. And Martha believed. She knew. You'll notice right before that, she says, I know that he'll rise again. I know that he'll resurrect on, that, on the last day. So she had a faith. She knew. Well, Martha goes to Mary then. Her sister. Well, Mary says the exact same thing. She goes to Jesus and she says, Lord, if you would not have been here, or if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Says the exact same thing as her sister. And Jesus, he sees the emotion with Mary. She's weeping. She's mourning. The Jews with her are weeping and mourning. Not something they wanted to happen in their life. But Jesus is there with them in it. He's there. He asks, Where, where's the body laid? Where'd you lay the body? And he goes to the tomb. Well, when he goes to the tomb and asks for the stone to be taken away, Martha says, whoa, he, he's, he's been dead four days. No doubt he's dead. He's been, de he's been in the tomb four days. Um, there's going to be an odor. And Jesus, in verse, in verse 40, to Martha, again, Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Both of them right there in that one statement, right? Glory and belief. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God. That's to Martha. So they take away the stone, and then he's talking to the Father. He says, he's praying to the Father. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And in verse 42, I knew that you always hear me. 
But I said this on the account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. That they may believe that you sent me. And that brings us to point one this morning of this situation, this statement. One of the big things Jesus wants them to get out of this is that we can see God's glory when we believe. We can see God's glory when we believe. I don't know what's going on in your life right now when you came through those doors. Martha and Mary, tough time right now, right? Death in the family, not something they want. Wanted situations, circumstances to be different. It's not what they wanted, but Jesus was in it with them. Jesus wanted them to believe. Jesus wanted all the glory in this situation to go to God. I don't know what your situation is in your life, but whatever it is, when you believe in Jesus Christ, God gets glory through whatever we're going through. Bad diagnosis, death, tough time with your kids, loss of a job, whatever it is, believe in Jesus and God will get glory to switch even when we can't see it. If it was about an easy life, if all of our lives were about, well, that's not what I wanted, that, that's as hard. You know, it's not my way. This isn't what I wanted to happen. If it was all about an easy life, God would not have loved Paul at all, the Apostle Paul. You talk about a hard life, sacrifice, submission, tough times. And all was Paul loved, and so are we. We are loved. It's seeing it from a different perspective. It's trusting and having faith in God. See, there's a big difference between believing in God and believing God. And there's a big difference between knowing of Christ and knowing Christ, right? And when we know Christ and we believe God, when we, do, when we have that, we, we learn to have joy in our trials, as God's Word tells us. We learn that these, the testing does produce perseverance. It does increase our faith. It does strengthen our faith. It's, it's the process, and we grow in it. That's what we do in all of our situations, We believe we can see God's glory. And that's going to bring us to point two this morning. And and what does it mean? What does it mean? Okay? And point two is Jesus doesn't just provide resurrection and life. Jesus is resurrection and life. That's his, his statement said, I am resurrection and life. See, what did I say about Martha? She she had faith, she knew it would happen, but Martha just thought it was it was just this event. It was down the road. It was out there somewhere. Um, it's it's going to happen. This, this big event, the time will come when my brother will live again. And Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. It's not, a, it's not just an event. It's not just down the road. It's not later on. It's right in front of you. Jesus, I am the resurrection. I am the source of it. Without me, it's not possible. Because it's resurrection and life. And this is an eternal life. And it's in Jesus, by Jesus, through Jesus, and not possible without Jesus. I am the resurrection and the life. And that's our point too this morning. And that's the proof. See, Lazarus will rise. Lazarus will be raised. And he will come out of that tomb. We'll talk about that in a moment. But there's a big difference between raising and resurrecting. See, Lazarus raised. But when he came out of the tomb... He was still in his natural body. There would still be a day where he would gasp for his last breath on this earth in that natural body. That, that was raising. Jesus is the first fruits of the resurrection. There wouldn't be a day again 
after the cross where Jesus would walk this earth and gasp for his last breath in a natural body. There's a big difference between raising and resurrecting. 1 Corinthians 15.20 says, But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Jesus paved the way. Jesus made the way for you and me through the death on the cross and the resurrection. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. That's what it's all about. That's the statement. See, Lazarus rising, that was a glimpse for them. That was to show them with their eyes that there is life after death. That Jesus does have power over death and the grave. See it. See it in what I'm doing with Lazarus. But there's something much bigger to come through Jesus Christ. He was paving the way. He was making the way. He was saying, I I am the resurrection. It's me. I say it. I do it. And I'm going to do it. Just like the other I am's. I am the bread of life. What did he do? He backed it up with action. He fed bread. When he said, I am the light. What did he do? He made the blind man see. And here he's saying, I am the resurrection and the life. What's he do? He's going to resurrect from the grave. He's going to back it up with action. That's what he does. So there was raising and there was resurrecting. It was a glimpse of what was to come. See, Jesus was going to have an appointment with death. And he knew the hour. We know that if we know Scripture. Jesus knew when his hour had come. He knew in chapter 4 of John when the hour was to get work done. He knew right here in John chapter 11 actually earlier when the hour had come to go back to the village of Bethany. He knew when the hour would come for him to die on the cross. We have an appointment. We have an appointment with death. And we all have an appointment with resurrection. Each and every person in here has an appointment with both of those items. Hebrews 9.27 says, And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment. We all will face death, but we all will face a resurrection. We're going to get to that in a moment. What does it mean? It means Jesus provides it, and Jesus is the resurrection and the life. That's exactly what it means. So how do we apply that? Well, what, what does that mean to us? How, how do we apply that in our life? Well, how much more can you get to applying it? And, that, and that's our next point, by the way. Point three is we will all face death and resurrection. How can you get more? How can that apply to your life more than that? I mean, that's what we all think about if we be honest sometimes, right? Is there's going to be death, you know? But there's also going to be resurrection. But there's a big difference, and we're going to get to that, of which resurrection. We're all going to have both. That's the third point with it all. We will all face death and resurrection. Jesus knew when his hour had come, our hour will come. I want you to turn to John chapter 19. And we're going to be in verse 16. We're just going to go through a couple verses here, 16 through 18. And what's happening here is you'll notice in 16 it says, so he delivered him over them to them to be crucified. Well, he is Pilate and him is Jesus. See, Pilate, this is the trial of Jesus. And Pilate was going to release him. But the Jews kept crying out. They kept, kept chanting. They weren't, that's not what they wanted. They weren't even crucified. They weren't even died. So Pilate was going to dead. So Pilate was going to release him, okay? Well, he delivered him over to be crucified. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified, like 16 says. So they took Jesus, and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, 
and Jesus between them. Jesus was crucified. Jesus did die on a cross. And Brother Bob, last week, many of us weren't here last week, but last week he read this, read a, a paper that gave really good reminder and description of what, what that was like on that cross. And in that paper, it had that where most criminals were crucified and, and hung on the cross, Jesus was nailed to the cross. It was different. There, the nails that were used were six to eight inches long. And many think it went through the palms of Jesus' hand. It went through the lower wrist. And there's a tendon there that goes from the wrist to the shoulder. And that tendon would be torn when that happened. So that Jesus Christ, when He hung on the cross, He couldn't support Himself with His arms and His shoulders and His strength. He had to arch His back. He had to arch His back to support Himself. And His feet, with a nail through them, holding His weight with His feet, with a nail through them. Nail to a cross pain and suffering, all that. After being whipped and beaten and beard torn and a crown of thorns on his head. Detailed. Pain and suffering. But you know what? He did it for you and me. His pain was my pain and your pain. His suffering was my suffering and your suffering. The love shown on the cross, do you see it? Do you see the love shown on the cross? Can you feel it? And can I and you go show it? The courage, the courage on the cross. Does it give me courage? Does it give you courage? Man, fully God, fully man, Jesus. Fully innocent, yet declared guilty, so that the guilty could be declared fully innocent. You and me, guilty, in need of a Savior, can be declared innocent because of Jesus Christ. And there were seven sayings. We just did seven I am's where there were seven sayings on the cross that Jesus had. Three of, the, three of them I want to focus on first. They were about him and his condition. He said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. It means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was forsaken, hanging on that cross. He said, I thirst. He was thirsty. He was in pain. He was suffering. He was dying. He was thirsty. And he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. His condition of suffering and pain, and thirst, and being forsaken. And you know what? All that time it was happening, guess what? He had three other sayings, and they were focused on people. They were focused on others. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. His enemy, hanging on the cross that just had done all of this to him, his own enemy and those out to get him, he said, forgive them. There was forgiveness. He said, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise to the criminal, the thief on the cross beside of him. There was compassion. There was love. There was forgiveness. And he said, woman, behold your son. Behold your mother. Love. He wanted his people to love each other and be there for each other in relationship. Go through it all together in love. That's why he's hanging on the cross. There's love and compassion for other people. And he had another saying, it is finished. Tedelestai, that's the word in Greek. And I tr- well, you can already tell probably from my redneck hillbilly accent, that's hard for me to say a Greek word. So it probably didn't come out real good, but it's tedelestai. And that word, it means fulfilled, accomplished, paid in full. The debt has been paid. It don't mean it is finished and I die. Death, death has beat me. I'm dead. 
not as powerful as I thought I was. That's not the it is finished he's talking about here. Death had no hold on Jesus Christ. What was finished is our sin debt. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's what was finished. Because see, John chapter 19 isn't the last chapter. It don't end with the crucifixion. The gospel isn't over with that. If it was, we'd all be in trouble, right? It'd be live your life, die, and you're done. An eternal death, which for some of us it is. And we're going to get to that in a moment. But for those of us who believe in Jesus Christ, it's the opposite. That's nothing like that. Death is a transition into an eternal life, the resurrection life, Jesus Christ. You see, it don't end in John chapter 19. If you have the Bible I do, you're going to have to turn the page because it's not over yet. Turn the page. And if you're not using that Bible, look over. Look to the right. Because we're going to be in John chapter 20 now in verse 6. And what's happening here is kind of the hymn that we were singing earlier. Mary Magdalene had went to the tomb early in the morning where they had laid Jesus and the tomb was empty and she was in panic. She says they'd taken his body. Where, where are they, where's his body? So she goes and she tells Peter and John and they go and John outruns Peter and they get to the tomb. That's where we're going to pick up in verse 6. Then Simon Peter came following him, who's John, and went to the tomb. He saw the linen clothes lying there and the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the Scripture. What did they see and do? They believed. The tomb was empty. Jesus was risen, and Jesus is alive. And you know how we had seven I Am's in this series, and we just went through the seven sayings on the cross? Well, there were seven proofs that the resurrection... I don't know about you and me, my brothers and sisters who believe in Jesus Christ... We don't need much proof. God's Word says it. And I don't know about you, but that's enough for me. God's Word says it, that Jesus is alive and resurrected. But to eliminate any doubt, to eliminate the ones that want to debate it and not believe it, and if that's you, I'm just speaking truth to you out of love this morning. I just want you to hear it. It's the truth. And God allowed seven proofs for it to eliminate doubt because He loves all of us. And in each one of these, you're going to see the the one we're going to focus on at the end, there's so much victory in it all. But here's the seven proofs. Some of it we already talked about. There's the scars from those nails. There's the scars. There's the shroud. It was still in the tomb. There's the soldiers who out of fear shook and were like dead men. There's the seal that was broken, the stone that was taken away. The sepulcher was empty. And then there's the sightings. And that's what we're going to focus on now. Seven proofs right there. Seven saints on the cross. Seven I am. Seven proofs of the resurrection. And then the, the sightings one, there's victory after victory after victory. And when you believe it and you see it, and there's God glories, it's all through it. There's victory after victory after victory in your life. And the appearances, the sightings. Let's talk about those for a minute. Mary Magdalene was weeping at the tomb. Jesus appeared and there was victory over despair. The woman with her thought he was dead. Jesus appeared. There was victory over death. Jesus appeared to the 11 disciples twice. One of them focuses on Thomas and the doubt that he had. Jesus appeared and there was victory over doubt. The other time with the 11 disciples, on the mountain of Galilee, Jesus declared he was given all power and authority. There was victory over all other power. He appeared to 10 disciples that were hiding out of fear 
because of their relationship with him. Jesus appeared, had victory over fear. He appeared to seven of the disciples, one of them being Peter, who had denied him earlier. The denial and the failure. Jesus puts him back into ministry. There's victory over failure. There's victory over denial. Then the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, they were confused. They were talking about what, what happened. What happened to Jesus? What happened to the body? They didn't know what was going on. And Jesus appeared and there was victory over confusion. And then the final one, the final victory, as many as 500 followers at one time. And Jesus confirmed the completion of his mission and promised the gift of the Holy Spirit. And there was victory over everything on the earth and in life. There was victory after victory after victory. And when we believe it and we see it, there's victory for us over sin and death. And we believe it in our heart and confess it with our mouth. Jesus is risen and Jesus is alive. I don't know where you're at in your life, but, it, but it's fact. That's, that's, that's the truth. You see, it, when it's a resurrection of life, what is sown in corruption is raised in incorruption. What is sown in humility and disgrace and dishonor, it's raised in glory. What is sown in weakness is raised in power. What is sown in a natural body is raised in a spiritual body. That's a resurrection of life. But see, this isn't a fairy tale book. Who's had them books you read where you pick your, pick your path? If you want to get on the canoe, turn to page 63. If you want to get on the airplane, turn to page 120. You know, If you want to eat pizza, turn to page 94. If you want to eat ice cream, turn to page 300. And you don't know the, you don't know the end of the book. You don't know the end of the story. You pick your own path. Well, this isn't a fairy tale. This is faith. This is fact. There's two outcomes in this, in, this, in this book. There's eternal life and there's eternal death. And you choose one of them. There's two resurrections. There's a resurrection one, a first resurrection, and there's a second resurrection. We're all going to have an appointment with one, with one of them. The first resurrection is for the believers, for the Christ followers. And it's a glorified body. It's a body when this physical, physical body goes to the grave, and it's dead and asleep, with, by the, which, by the way, a lot of people talk about sleep and death. Jesus himself told them he's asleep. He had to make it clear he's dead. Okay? When our physical bodies are dead, sleeping, and our soul is immediately in the presence of Jesus Christ, waiting, waiting on that renewal, that glorified body. Yeah. But that second resurrection is for those that reject it. They reject the news. There's a second resurrection coming after the millennial reign of Jesus. Where that body is raised to an, a judgment, a condemnation. Not a commendation, a condemnation to eternal death. There's two possible outcomes. And when you believe in Jesus Christ, you know if you're my brother or sister in here, this is joy, this is hope, this is glory, it's good news for us, it's great news for us. And if you're in here and you don't know Jesus Christ, this is still good news for you. Because you walk through those doors this morning and you have an open eyes right now unless you're sleeping and I'm putting you to sleep. You have open eyes right now. You have an open heart. You have an open mind. You're listening. That's great news for you that you have a... Remember how we were talking about important events? The most important events and people and words that could ever happen in your life that have happened? This is it. This is the most important words we can hear. The gospel of Jesus Christ and you're here this morning listening to it and hearing it. That's great news for you. But it don't end there. See, the fourth point is act now. 
What did Jesus do with those I am? Like we said, he acted. He backed up what he said he was. If you say, I am a Christian, act now. Share it. Show it. Spread it. Live it. Show that Jesus Christ, show that you have the courage. Show it in your life. Let it renew you and motivate you and let that be what your life is all about. And if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, act now. Right now, this morning. It's, it's the time. Not in five minutes. Not in ten minutes. You don't know what's coming down the road. Act right now. You're hearing it. Believe it. See it. Romans 3.23 says, We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're in need of a Savior. And He's speaking to us all now. This is God's Word, not my Word. This is God's Word to us all, and it's for a reason. And we have to be confident in that. We act now. And Jesus loves you. That's at the bottom of your paper. Jesus loves you. That's the fifth and final point. Every single person I'm looking at right now, you and you and you, Jesus loves you. He loves all of us. And I want to walk right through all of this backwards to bring it all together first circle. Jesus loves you. Act now. Regardless if you're first resurrection or if you're in that second resurrection right now. Regardless if you're a believer in this room right now or a non-believer in this room right now. Act now. Because we all will face death and resurrection. That was point three. But Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life. He provides it and he is it. That was point two. And when you believe it and you see it, God gets the glory in it all. That was point one. We act now. It's for all of us. 